Hey, welcome everybody. Uh, episode three. We've made it this far. Awesome. Uh, today we got Dan with uh, Combat Flags. And uh, if you've never seen or heard of Combat Flags, you're in for a treat. So um, here he is, Dan with Combat Flags. What's up, everybody? Thanks for having me on, Rob. Hey, thank you for coming. I was pretty excited. Um, how I got this thing started was, you know, I was wanting to promote all the cool brands I always see on Instagram. Yeah, man. And you were you were definitely one of my top five that I wanted to come on and talk to. Awesome, dude. What I think, I think you're doing is pretty rad. Um, yeah. You know, me and you are in the flag game, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it, it's something that's passionate for me, and I know it is for you as well. Yes, sir. So, but um, you were in the army. Was yeah, right? man. I yeah, I was in the army for um for six years. I enlisted in between my junior and senior years of high school. Kind of did the late entry entry program. I graduated. I graduated high school, turned eighteen, and left for basic training all within a week of one another. Oh wow! Um, military was kind of it's in my blood, you could say. My I've got a long, long lineage in my family of of relatives who have served and are serving now. So it was it was kind of a, a predestined thing for me. Um, mm -hmm. Air Force was what I wanted to go in. I wanted to be a pilot. Got terrible eyes. I had terrible eyes. I had LASIK done last year, and now I see <laughs> like an eagle. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Air Force was the goal, man. And then I watched Band of Brothers, and I first I read Band of Brothers, and then I watched the series, and I was like, I can get paid to jump out of planes. This is what I want to do. So yeah. <laughs> so I made it happen. I found a nice. job that guaranteed me airborne school, and that was that was my path. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So uh, with your family lineage being uh, service members, were they majority of army or were they all spread out through the services? We were pretty spread out. My, um, it kind of starts with my grandfather. You know, my grandfather was in world war two in the air force at the time. It was the army air corps. He was a B 29 pilot. He ended up serving. I think he did 35 years. He flew in, he flew over Japan in world war two. He flew in Korea and he flew bombers over Vietnam. So he was, he spanned like all the major wars of, most of the last century for sure. Um, my uncle was a Marine. He was a, a grunt in Vietnam. And then my mom and my father were both in the Navy. And then I've got assorted relatives kind of smattered between the Air Force and the Army. Well, that's that's uh, that's some pretty big shoes to fill. Yeah, man. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of history there. It is. That's, that's awesome. So you were in for uh, how many years, you say? Six? I did six years, yeah. It was active duty. Um, my, my MOS was psychological operations. And like I said, when I went to, uh, to MEPS to sign up, like I knew that I wanted a job that guaranteed me an airborne slot. And mm -hmm. it was either the airborne infantry or psychological operations. And PSYOP, like, it seemed pretty cool at the time, and it turned out to be an awesome job. And that's how I got into that um, in order to actually qualify. You know, there's a few schools that are required for a PSYOP. There's course basic and AIT then there's airborne school and then you go to language school so there was a, a few different tests that you had to pass just to get into the program right. basically just to show that you were capable of, of learning a new, new language proficiently um, mm -hmm. so I you know I, I got through all of my training and I got got up to language school and I was 
like going back to high school for me, it was nothing but it was classroom learning for eight hours a day for nine months. And it was awesome, man. That started like my right. love affair with um, so PSYOP falls underneath special operations. And when I was mm -hmm. in language school, I was the only PSYOP guy in a class full of Green Berets. So that pretty much kicked off my time of basically spending more time with Green Berets and Special Forces dudes than my own own company once I got out of language school. And I ended up deploying twice to the Southern Philippines in support of Operation Enduring Freedom, um, doing counter counterinsurgency work with an ODA with two ODAs in the Southern Philippines and the Filipino Army and Marines. So like I said, I've spent more time with SF dudes than I have my 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 own kind <laughs> yeah. during my time in the army. Yeah. I like to say Usually, that Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I didn't have like the true big army experience, you know, like even within my 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 own company when we were back stateside, we we never did like organized PT. We would kind of form mm -hmm. up a little bit and then we go off and do our own thing. And I had a very well, that's that's off in general. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, so it even is. just I mean, just on the soft side, like I I never had the big army experience. So when people talk about like marching and getting smoked and doing all this like all that ended for yeah. us after ait actually after airborne school and then after that it was it was big boy rules which was cool yeah you you kind of uh you could i could see it both sides you kind of you got out of the big army which is uh could be a bad thing and could be a good thing too yeah i was very <laughs> I, happy uh, with it you know i think i think yeah. it sets up there's a lot of good in the army, like a lot of, like we obviously, like you learn the structure and training and you were in the Marines, so you know this, mm -hmm. but I, I value the, uh, the freedom that I had to think differently and think outside the box and a certain exactly. position that I, I haven't seen otherwise be an acceptable approach elsewhere in the military. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm very grateful that my last unit in my last, uh, three and a half years were with uh, special operations mm -hmm. because I don't think um, it would have been an easy transition going from soft community to, uh, you know, the regular Marine Corps. Yeah, man. I would, I would imagine that would be a pretty <laughs> tough, pretty tough transition. It was, it was, yeah, I was, I wasn't an operator or anything, right. but uh, you know, you're Marsoc, you wear black shorts for PT and they know who you are. And yeah, um, and it was it was something different, especially after ten years uh, yeah. of being. Uh, I did a lot of time with infantry units, and um, my first first uh, eight was with um, the air wing. Okay, but uh, that was not a that was not uh, easy transitioning at all. So. Mm -hmm. But um, well, your uh, military career sounded like it was smooth and smooth and simple. What uh? Yeah, I mean, it was. What did you know you were getting out, and did you know? Um, how did you? I, so when I enlisted, man, like I, like I said, like it was in my blood. It still is in my blood, and I had I had fully planned on doing the full twenty and then retiring. Um, but I, I like I said, I deployed twice, and both were they were they were back to back. Right. Like at the time, mm -hmm. um, you were supposed to be back stateside for at least as long as you were in country. And I was I was gone the first time for seven months and then I was only back for three months, three or four months. And then they sent me back out for nine months. And during that time, okay. I was watching um, my buddy's marriages collapse and their wives cheat. And it's just it was just like a terrible home life. 
and heading into mm-hmm. my second deployment, my then girlfriend, who's now my wife, like things were, were getting more serious between us. And I kind of, I kind of could see the path of, of like where we were headed as a couple. And I, I wanted to succeed in that realm of my life in that aspect. And I made the decision shortly, actually shortly before I deployed the second time that I would be exploring the option of getting out when I got back. Cause when I got back, I had, when did I get back? I think I had about nine months left on my, my contract when I got back from the second deployment. And I pretty much made the, the decision right then that it was, I was done that I wanted to, I wanted to have a healthy home life and have somebody right. who I could like be a good mother to my children, my future children and, and enjoy that. So that was, yeah, it, that was the catalyst exactly. for me getting out. Yeah. And you definitely made the right choice. Uh, I made, I made a few bad choices early in my career and, um, I chose the Marine Corps over family mm-hmm. and, um, it went wrong cause I chose to deploy instead of, uh, you know, being a home, being at home and being a family man. Um, yeah, definitely, I mean, I you know, I, under, I understand, you know, my path has brought me to where it is and I would not change that for the world, but, uh, just, just small, small decisions like that does, does affect you. Yeah. I wouldn't say that that like, it's not a bad choice at all. You know, like we're, we go in as kids, like, right. Like we're in our, our most formative of years of our lives and we're fully indoctrinated Correct. into the military and we're, we're taught rightfully so to put mission over self. And mm-hmm. that's what you do. Um, sometimes you, you see the light or you just see that there's another option out there and that you want to pursue something differently. And that's the amazing thing about our military is that you've got the choice to, to choose your own path. Once you, once you enlist and you know, when your time's up, you can, you can do what you want, but hell man, exactly. I wanted to deploy. I wanted to deploy like mad too. And then once I, my priority started to shift, like I made just like you made later on in life, like you made mm-hmm. the choice that needed to be, to be made. It was a hard choice, but I'm thankful for it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, you know, at the time it seemed like a bad decision, but um, like I said, I'm glad yeah. uh, I made my, made my choices and, and, uh, I'm pretty happy where I'm at right now. So, yeah. Um, but is my audio good on your side? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Anybody else? Are you still hearing static? I heard Mr. some static. Sounded like uh, the aliens from Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jesse brought me out a telegram saying my mic, my mic was staticky. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? Uh, static, how does it sound? It sounds better on my end now. Okay. Hear it every once in a while. Okay. But yeah, let's... Uh, the military life definitely makes you... Makes your makes your gears turn. Mm-hmm. And um, with mine, I started, like every other veteran, before I got out, I started a t-shirt company. Okay. And uh, I definitely knew I wanted to do something for myself when I got out. Um, it was uh, it was something easy that I knew. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Let's roll with it. I was yeah. pretty creative. Uh, I like to design. So I decided to establish a t-shirt company, which it did pretty good. Yeah. Um, but once I moved out of California, I lost my resources. And then I lost my, my, uh, I lost my drive because I didn't have those resources readily available like I had before. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I wasn't profiting like it was okay. because I didn't have those resources. Yeah. So, you know, it took me a little bit to figure out what I wanted to do. Yeah. And um, what and what happened for you to make you want to start Combat Flags? Oh, man, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I kind of actually I took the complete opposite path of you when I got out. Like I um I was enrolled in college before. I, I left the military. Like I knew that I, I wanted to go back to school and finish my degree up. Um, and I thought that I would be perfectly satisfied working for a big global company and going in and doing the nine to five thing. Um, and for a long time, I was really happy doing that. Or so I thought, um, but I started to notice that something felt a little off um, like my second semester in college. I looked around one day and I realized that I was in a class with a bunch of 18 and 19 year olds and I was 20, three, I think, 23 or 24 at the time. And these kids were all like bitching about just mundane things. And I realized right. that I, I was the only one with any actual life experience in that group. And um, so that kind of like got the wheels turning that I was missing that connection back to the military. And one thing I should have mentioned is that when I, when I ETS, when I left the army, like I packed it all up literally and fig figuratively and I, I put it in the attic, whether it was like mm -hmm. the attic in my house or up here. And I thought that, that that part of my life was done. I was just going to put a little bow on it, tuck it away nicely, and move on. Um, I underestimated the the pull of that side of my life and how work much life. of an impact, yeah, how much yeah. of an impact it would truly have on me moving forward. So, like I said, man, I I, I went back to school. I graduated school. Um, graduated with a three point nine GPA. I got one one corporate job right out of school. Uh, doing exactly what I had gone to school for. I was tremendously lucky in that regard. And it was fun um, for a while. And then I got, I, I changed companies. I left that role, went to another role. And I really started to notice that like, I, I felt like a part of me was missing. And this was four years after I had I gotten out of the army. And I felt like, like I said, I felt like I was missing a connection to guys like you and, and girls like us. Mm -hmm. Um I was kind of looking around online and, and figuring out what I could do. And I knew that I wanted to gen generally, I didn't have like a, a firm idea of what combat flag was going to be, but I knew that I wanted to come up with an idea that was creative and that I could donate to nonprofits that I cared about in a sustainable and long-term way. I didn't really just want to randomly like go volunteer once or twice a year, donate money once or twice a year or every uh -huh. so often. I wanted to do something that could have a long-term impact. And um, I didn't know what combat flags was at the time. You know, I was actually, I was on a conference call one day at my corporate job in my cube. And in the corner of my cube, I had a little four by six inch yard flag, like the handout at the 4th of July hanging up. Mm -hmm. And I'd looked up at this thing probably a billion times before. And for some reason on this day, on this particular conference call, when I looked up, like the concept for combat flags hit me. I had no idea how to make it happen. I just knew that like I had an idea and the idea was to make service real and relatable and tangible for the average American citizen. And the best way that I could think of doing that was with, with these, with pieces of duty worn fatigues, things that people have worn on their body in support and defense of the country. Um, so that day after that conference call, I, I finished up my day at work. I, uh, I ran home, I went up into that attic and I pulled out that box that I had packed away <clears throat> and I, uh, took out a pair of my ACU pants and I flipped on a few <laughs> YouTube videos and I figured out how to make it work. It took 
probably about two or three solid months of concepting and prototyping before I got to the first version of the original combat flag. Mm -hmm. um, and really the rest from there is history. You know, I, I committed at that time to donating to a nonprofit, like you can see on the screen here called Stop Soldier Suicide, because it's frankly unacceptable to me that we've got brothers and sisters in arms who feel right. so alone and so um, desperate at certain times in their lives that they contemplate and many follow mm -hmm. through with taking their own lives. We would never allow that when we were in the service. And just because we're out now, I don't think that it's acceptable for us to, to turn an eye to that. Um, right. So Combat Flags was largely born out of me feeling completely lost <laughs> in life and wanting of to course. do something to help our, our brothers and sisters in arms when they most needed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And these things, they're, they're something small, but they're just such a large impact with someone. Yeah. Um, so with the cards, you specifically have the, the, the cards with the flag for the certain service member. Yeah. So if you, if you pick up and yep. If you pick up, um, if you were to go on the website right now and pick up a Marine Corps combat, original combat flag, you would get um, a, mm -hmm. a four by six inch, about a four by the flag itself. The flag pattern is four by six inch. The total mm -hmm. uh, dimensions are five by seven, but you'd get that flag made out of Marpet. And with that flag, you get um, a short story about the person who wore the material that I used to craft that flag. Nice. So it helps it helps to pull service down out of those numbers for the average Joe, the average citizen that we hear about in the news of 3,000 troops deployed or 4,000 troops deployed. It pulls it down right. to, to Rob's story or to Dan's story. And you're able to see that, mm -hmm. you know, Rob's a dad, Rob deployed six or seven times, and now he's doing this thing. And there mm -hmm. is a... There's a dad, a mom, a brother, a sister, a son, a daughter, whoever, who is out there protecting our freedoms. And that's that's the important thing to me is to help bring yeah, that's... individual stories of service to light. Um, because yeah, large, largely we're just lumped together into these massive like subsets of society. And we've all got mm -hmm. a story, man. And I want those stories to be told. Yeah, and it's, it's pretty great. How do you keep track of all those uh what do you, yeah. what does the army call them? BDUs? Uh, now they call them OCPs. A ACPs? You know, you know, OCPs. Okay. It was the ACUs. OCPs. So we yeah. went from the BDUs <laughs> to the ACUs to the OCPs. Um, <laughs> I've learned a lot about camouflage. I've learned a lot about how uniforms are put together. <laughs> but it's cool, man. You know, you figure out. Um, Very cool. There's, there's a lot of creative freedom once you figure out how to manipulate the fabric the right way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's something that I've always, I've always liked. Uh, since the first time I seen you, I said that's an amazing and genius idea. Thanks, man. It really is. And you have other things. Uh, you have other things on your website too. You have the outdoor camo flags. Yeah. So I, these are pretty awesome. I like to say, as the company grew, the flags grew with it. <laughs> uh huh. So yeah. as within my first six months of the original combat flags, these guys coming out, people started to ask for something that looked like the uniforms they wore in service that they could fly mm -hmm. off the front of their homes or put up in their man caves or their garage gyms or whatever. Um, so I, I figured out a way I found an amazing um, American, American made flag company one of the biggest ones and oldest ones in the, the country to help produce these custom flags for me. And they're modeled after the camouflage patterns worn by, by each branch of service today. And they um, were largely inspired by the look of the original combat flag. So these flags mm -hmm. that you see up on the screen now are, they're three by five foot, they're made out of nylon. 
Um, they're double-sided, um, they're heavy duty, they're meant to be flown outdoors, and they, most importantly, they're made here in America by Americans. And from these specific flags that you're looking at, um, I make a 10% donation to that nonprofit called Stop Soldier Suicide. And from the original combat flags, um, I make a 50% donation. So the original combat flag being the hallmark product of the company, I donate 50% right. of each of those sales to Stop Soldier Suicide. And literally everything else on the website gets a 10% donation. Well, that's great. And do you want to, uh, I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of nonprofits out there. Yeah. Um, and we, I was actually talking not too long ago to someone. Uh, I think it was another YouTuber mm -hmm. about what is a legitimate, you know, veterans suicide prevention nonprofit. Yeah. And there's no better one. If you ask me than, than the one that you're affiliated with. So if you want, you yeah. give a little bit of a, yeah, I would love to. Um, so when I started combat flags, it was about four years ago now, and that was kind of the peak of the 22 a day message getting out there. Um, right. and there were, there were gobs, man. Like you could look at any Instagram post or any Facebook post and you would see some new nonprofit being tagged in this as, you know, I'm making a donation to, to this nonprofit or that, pro that nonprofit. Um, I was very specific in deciding on stop soldier suicide. I actually did probably about a month's worth of research. Googling, as we call it, <laughs> um, uh <-huh. laughs> to, to find the most um, legitimate and uh, legitimate, in my opinion, they're all legitimate. They're all serving their purpose, but the most thorough nonprofit that wasn't just looking at preventing suicide in the mo moment, but mitigating it in the moments and days before as well as after. Um, and I found right. Stop Soldier Suicide one day. One thing that appealed to me is they're somewhat local. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and they're headquartered in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, and they also were extremely responsive to me on, on email, which was fantastic. Um, I was able to comb through their financials and see just how they allocate their money. But the thing that really stood out to me is their, their prevention and mitigation services. They, of course, help somebody in the moment of need, in that hour when it's most critical for somebody to get to them and to help them like not take their own lives. But the fascinating part to me and, and something that resonated well with me um, and just some context here. My wife um, is an orthopedic trauma nurse. She's also got a degree in public health. And when she was getting her first bachelor's in public health, she stressed the importance um, to me of the healthcare system, how doctors specifically will look at a patient as the symptom of the disease or just the disease, but they won't look at everything else surrounding it. And nurse, the, the role of nurses are to look at that person's full environment to really understand mm -hmm. what's going on. So that that was ringing in my head as I was doing this research. And when I got to stop, stop soldier suicide, I found that their program was two years in length, two years. So what they do is they get that person through that hour of need, through that darkest time. And then they kind of take a step back with that person. And they start to look at that person's, that veteran's environment. And they look at their financial situation and they look at their professional, their career, their work situation. They look at education. They look at their family situation and they start to pinpoint and they start to pull all these little threads together of things that were causing stress. They ended up eventually helping get that person to that point of wanting to take their own lives. And what they mm -hmm. do is they put mitigation plans in place and they get them hooked up with the resources and with the experts they need to build a solid foundation so that at the end of that two years, they've got a fantastic foundation of success built underneath them, but they've done it themselves. So they can feel confident and encouraged to, to keep on the right path and to reach out if they need help. But they've also helped to 
to, to, to fix each of those pain points that may have been causing undue stress or un, even unrecognized stress in, in that person's life that led up to that time right. when they wanted to take their own life. And that's, that's wow. what stuck out to me. And that's what still stands out to me today, man. They've got, um, they're doing, they, they've obviously matured a lot over the last four years. They still got the same program, mm -hmm. but the cool thing now is that they've got a series of, um, instruments, measurements in place where they're able to track their success on, uh, on a quarterly basis with each person. So it's all their, um, I can't remember the, the exact terminology, but they're, it's a self-assessment essentially where they go in and they're able to talk with the veteran or with this active duty service member. And they're able to, to rate their, their level of stress or their level of suicidality is what they call it to understand right. where they are in the process. So now they've, they've got the program in place. They've got that two year program in place, but now they're also able to actively measure it to see where the person is on their path to, to wellness. So they're taking a lot of like really amazing things, really amazing different pieces and putting them together into this comprehensive plan that like, it's truly remarkable that they're setting people up for success like they are. And last but not least <laughs> is I've, they put in black and white on their website, um, like I said, where their money goes, but they also tell you how much money goes to help one person for those two years. So for every $1,300 donated, it goes to help one service member for two years. So I know that through combat flags, I don't have a calculator near me. I've donated over $75,000 to them now. And you're able to pull up the pull up a calculator and do the math, 75,000 divided by 1,300 and see that that's 54 people, I think, yes. that that you've gone to to help on just to help them live their lives happily. Mm -hmm. that's and that's amazing. That's, that's cool to me. Uh, thank you for doing that. Yeah, man. Um, it's a, uh, it's an, it seems like an amazing resource. I'm definitely going to look into it. Uh, I would love to reach out to them and yeah. um, get, I mean, they don't need my little help with my 10 viewers, you know, but Hey, and especially we, we right now, they, they need all there. the help they can get, man. Whether it's just sharing the message like this. And I've been pushing mm -hmm. on, on combat flags on Instagram and Facebook since this COVID thing started a few months ago. If you've got an extra 10 cents, if you got an extra five bucks, like, just consider donating to them because as right. we've all locked down, that's that's triggered a lot of stress for people. And they've seen yes. a pretty dramatic increase in people reaching out in need of help. And with a huge increase of, of people coming into their system, they need the resources to support that. But as they're, the, as the demand has increased for help, the, uh, the resources have diminished because have people are holding diminished. on to their money. So like I, like I tell right. everybody on who follows me, if you've got 10 cents, five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever, just consider donating to stop soldier suicide because they're the ones who are, yeah. they're doing amazing work. Yeah. And I would, I would pull them up, but without their consent, I'm not going to show their website. Uh -uh. Sure. It's stop soldier suicide.org. You guys can go yeah. pull it up. Yeah. It's um, I'm definitely, like I said, I'm going to look into it for sure to see if uh, we can somehow collaborate with something. Yeah. Um, maybe do, uh, they do many fundraisers. Yeah. Yep. Are they, they're out of North Carolina as well. Yeah. They're out of North Carolina, but they're, they're, they were the first nationally, um, the first national suicide prevention program for veterans. Okay. That's awesome. I know, uh, dirty Jim, where are you located at? You're in South Carolina, correct? I think uh, Jim, Dirty Lawn Thug in the comments. I think he's a South Carolina native. Okay. I can't. See. Oh, there are the comments. Oh, man, you got yeah. a bunch of them. Nice. 
<laughs> yeah, but does anybody in the comments have any questions for Dan? Anyone? But yeah, like I said, you uh, you definitely you definitely have something great going on, especially with uh, stop stop soldier suicide. Um, like I said, I told you earlier when we talked on the phone. There's yep. so many out there; it's hard to pinpoint who is a le le legit yeah. nonprofit who is allocating their money properly. Um, and that's something that every everyone, not just not just with veteran suicide, but every nonprofit, that's something you have to yeah. worry about nowadays. Yeah, um, the good ones in my in my experience, my limited experience, will always be very forthcoming with their financials. Most, I mean, legally, they they course. should have them posted. They should have them posted to their website. It should be public information. Of um, course, but if it's like stop soldier suicide. When I first found them, I was able to just go through and read through their PDFs, and I had you know probably a dozen questions, and I typed them up in an email and shot them off at nine probably 10 o'clock in the morning. And by that, by five or six that night, I was in the gym and I get, I hear my phone go off and they had fully responded to all of them. Wow. That's amazing. So yeah, they, they're not hiding anything. No, they're very transparent. So yeah, that's cool. Uh, Tony Patriot. How you doing, buddy? Tony, his son just finished uh, army basic. Okay. Congratulations, yeah. Tony's son. Yeah, he's he's pretty proud of his son, and I I I would be too. He um, Tony Patriot, it's Tony Patriot for a reason. He's yeah, he's one of the most patriotic guys I know. Yep. <laughs> so uh, looks like Jason asked but, a question. Uh, let's see. Here we go. There it is. So you're going, going to expand on any type of other merchandise. Yep. Um, so that's, that's a great question. I couldn't have teed that one up better myself. <laughs> um, yes, is the answer. Um, so I do, in addition to the, the original combat flag and the three by five foot flags, I, I do like small batch stuff. So I, I work a full-time corporate gig and I've got a family and a, a little boy. So I like, my time is pretty split. So I try and do small batch stuff when I can. <clears throat> um, so for instance, I'm about to launch um, the combat patch that Rob had pulled up earlier. It's getting relaunched and underwent a redesign recently. Um, and it will be, should be out into the world next week. I just did keychains with an active duty Coast Guard guy who does leather work, but I sent him some material and he wrapped them in my, my camo material. So these are cool. Uh -oh. um, I do, I got hats coming in right now and, and more shirts coming in. And, awesome. uh, yeah, I, I seen. I love your logo. It's it's. Thank you. It reminds me of a kind of the Sailor Jerry kind of theme. Yeah, but a little more the, badass. I worked with a guy who is pretty well known. I was actually really fortunate to work with him. But he specializes in like early twenties art, mm -hmm. like early America art, and I I gave him like what I liked, and he just cranked out like the most gorgeous stuff. I love it. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, there's some good you stuff definitely. there. Um, did you? Uh, I think I think you did the same kind of thing that I did. We, your first logo was an actual flag, correct? With CF no, inside of it. No, that was my second one actually. No, my that was your one second was one. Over. Yeah, I've had four now. Um, I, <laughs> the one that you've got is like is it? Like that's the one I'm going to stick with. This was 
Uh-huh. This was the one I had just before that. Just kind of it's got like more of like a ta- tactical look, I guess. This right. is what I'm going to consider my throwback. So I'm about to do um, Woodland BDU snapback hats. And this is going to go on in 3D puff puff embroidery because it's like it fits okay. the, that three that like throwback look pretty well. But the one that you yeah. it, that you were just talking about, man, I love my new logo. I love it yeah, so it's... much that I've got like 500 tags right here with them to go on <laughs> to get sewn <laughs> yeah, into really the big cool. flags. If uh, there's, you can see part of it there. Yeah, it's it's a pretty awesome flag uh, logo. Yeah, combat patch wood frame made by Rob. Does Rob make frames? To... Do you do frames, Rob? I do anything that's wood. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do a lot more than what I uh, what I advertise. Okay. So I don't. I don't want to spread myself too thin. Yep, understand but, that. Um, so I, yeah, I friends, I will have frames coming. I actually just found American made frames that I love. Oh, wow. And I'm getting them. Um, I'm getting a few. I ordered a few just to check them out. They've got like mm-hmm. some really cool, like rustic vintage style. So I'm pretty pumped uh-huh. about keeping as much made here in the States as I can. Actually, right. the, the, the only thing I have that's not made in the States right now are the hats and they're flex fit and everybody wears a flex fit hat. Everywhere wears flex fit. And it's so hard to find a hat that's American made. Yeah. I just found t-shirts that are made in the States and I've, those are what are in production right now for me. And I'm pretty pumped about those too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, you do have apparel right now, don't you? I, I don't really have <laughs> my store is pretty wiped out right now. It's been really hard for me to get things back in stock after this coronavirus yeah. thing hit. Oh, you got, got the, uh, you got the bottle openers open or up? The, I'm sorry. Yeah. The bottle breachers just went up, um, about an hour These ago. Are awesome. Those come from Bottle Breacher. You guys may have seen on Shark Tank a couple of years yep. ago. It's a Navy SEAL owned company. I've got a couple right here. Pretty cool. They're pretty, pretty cool. They, they got that logo laser etched onto them. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. I've got one hat left. I've got two small t-shirts left, and that's about it for apparel <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> This COVID is like, yeah. it's, it's crushing me. This, I understand sure my, that. I'm not sure my store's ever been so empty. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. It's awesome. Yeah. Is the, what's the, what's oatmeal? Is that the actual? That's the color. Just the color of it? Yeah, it's a, okay. a tri-blend. It's like a, it's like a cream base, but it's got like browns and black, um, fibers that run through it you can kind of see the pictures there mm-hmm. yeah that's amazing yeah i like that i Here's have all some- my all my merch right now is outsourced to print on demand but i'm getting ready yeah. to uh do local local yeah. uh, shirts so yeah i did print yeah, on demand for a long time i would just the consistency wasn't quite there with placement and quality of the print and then exactly. i exactly I found a, a local company that I've I've liked working with. So mm. I try to keep everything better owned, as much better known as I can, or at least local to here in Charlotte, so I can help support the local economy. Yeah, of course. And that's uh that's another big thing that um, not a lot of people realize. It's yeah. it's uh you know, 
buying American made is pretty difficult. Yeah. But if you if you live in a small town um and you're you're trying to uh you're trying to support your local businesses, it's it's a big deal. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Um you know, I don't know how large your town is, but the town that I uh, originally am from it has maybe a population of maybe 11,000. Mm-hmm. And uh you know those uh those local bucks go a long way. Yeah, definitely. I, I always laugh, not to go off on a tangent here about Made America stuff. So just as business owners and for consumers out there, customers out there, made stuff to the business owner that is made in America costs significantly more than the stuff that's made overseas. Right. And I think we say that, people hear it, but they don't like fully comprehend it because then when they see a slight markup on something, like a t-shirt for instance, like the t-shirts that I found that are made in the States are they cost more. They cost significantly more mm-hmm. than the stuff that's made in China. But when they see the, the price markup, they complain that it's more expensive than this other company that they've seen as, as the set, a red t-shirt at, for instance. Um, and then they, they get on you when you don't come out with an American made t-shirt or something, but then they're like cursing you out yeah. via email on exactly. their made, made in China smartphone or on their laptop or driving their home uh-huh. or something, you know? Exactly. And I feel like, this is just me griping for a minute that they give the bigger companies more leeway with that. But when it comes to small companies like us, there's always, there's always that inclination to just kind of go on the attack when they don't necessarily agree with the price of something or where something's made. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure I've done it before in the past, but yeah. I would, I would pay 40, $50 for that American made hat rather yeah. than paying $12 for that hat that's made overseas. Yeah. You it's also just, know it's going to last know, longer too. Like if there's the principle of the matter that you're supporting your fellow country men and women, but too, mm-hmm. like you're getting the quality out of it. These people care about what they're doing and they're not being like, they're not trudging off to work every day to make a buck, literally a dollar a day or however much they're making overseas. Right. They they're, they're proud. Their heart and soul they're, into it. Yeah. Yeah. They're proud. They're proud They've of their got product. pride in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's something that everyone you know they don't see the whole the whole picture. Um, they're just I trying to it. save a dollar. Honest, I get it, man. So, like I, I still go yeah, on Amazon. I just go on Amazon and buy books on Amazon instead of going to the bookstore that's three minutes away. Just because right. it's well, especially right now. But before, like it's just easier. Like I can go on and read about it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, yeah. I love going to my local bookstore. Just like spending an hour browsing books and I will oh, always leave with a book. I will always leave with a book from there, mm-hmm. but I probably I, buy I might, five, five times the amount of books on Amazon that I do there. Right. Yeah. I like to go into bookstores, but I rarely walk out with one. <laughs> if you, if you can see right here, I've got, mm-hmm. I've got too many books. Like these are all books <laughs> on this shelf. There's another layer. That's all books. There's books over here. I've got, a, I've got, a love affair with literature. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. But um, other than what you got on the plate now on the website, you got anything new coming up? Are you trying to uh, trying to expand, or do you want to keep that a hush hush secret? I'm definitely looking to expand. So one thing that I've been more uh, purposeful in is coming up with product ideas that people can integrate into their everyday lives. So the original combat flag, I, I love the original combat flag as it is today. It's hard for people to see what to do with it, I think. just That's just my perception of kind of talking with people uh-huh. over the past year or so. 
Um, and what I've learned is that a lot of people frame their original combat flags, for instance. So that's how I got started looking for frames. I've also been thinking about like the keychains, like things that I use every day. My, my core filter for how I come up with new products is it has to be something that I myself would want to use or do use in everyday life. So like of course, keychains, key right? You guys know mm -hmm. these, anybody who is in knows these, right? These green notebooks. Oh yeah. Federal, federal <laughs> supply notebooks. I've got yeah. something with these in the works right now using awesome. duty using duty warrant fatigues. I love, um, I love a good, a good, uh, journal and yep. a good pen. Good pen. So yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> I've got a, all that to say, I've got some good stuff in the works. I, I think, um, like I said, I'm trying to partner with veteran owned companies as much as I can. So I've got, I've got wallets coming like leather wallets that are, I'm not going to tell you all of them, but they're awesome little wallets. Um, I'm working on bags again, just things that people can use in their everyday lives. One, because it yeah. helps quite frankly, as a business owner, it helps me sustain the business, but two, it also gives them a daily touch point to remember that we've got folks who are deployed overseas right now. Right. And yeah. if you can, if you can touch that material and know that somebody wore this in Iraq or Afghanistan or the Philippines or Syria mm -hmm. or wherever, it's going to change the way that you, that you approach the day and the way that you tackle the problems that you have. I think so. Um, and maybe I'm not going to lie. And I have, I've worn my combat boots for quite some time since I've been out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I use them as work boots, but mm -hmm. uh, when I, when I put them things on in the morning and I come out to the shop, it definitely takes me back and uh, makes me, realize what i'm doing why i'm doing it and who i'm doing it for yeah so yep yeah i'm not i might not be you know a gung-ho jarhead just putting my boots on <laughs> it it's, it's for a reason yeah you got some purpose behind it <laughs> exactly and i love that man i wish man i wish more people could have that sense of mission and drive and like just go get some and just tackle the day just knock it out know that you're doing it for more than just the paycheck. Yeah. It's definitely, uh, it's definitely, how can I say it? Of course it makes you, you know, a happier person knowing that you're doing what you love. You're not working a nine to five. You're not miserable sitting at a desk. You know, it's, um, I'm still working think, nine to five. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I know that, but you don't hate your job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not stuck. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I think, I, I think a, a lot of people, uh, a lot more people would feel that way. We might be in a different situation. Yep. We might be in a whole different world if, you know, everyone had that, had that capabilities. I've been reading, so, um, I know I don't want to keep this going, but um, I do. I just don't want to drag everybody out, out for this. I've been reading uh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius in the mornings. I've been reading, reading one book each morning. And his, obviously, it's a, it's a stoic philosophy. But a lot of it just talks about focusing on, focusing on like your own inner peace, but also in helping the greater good greater good so there is like there's equal parts about like focusing on you and not letting the outside world um and encroach on your own mental or physical well-being but on, on the other hand it's also talking a lot about like 
helping the country and helping the state. And just that constant notion of like being part of society and giving back to society. I think if we had more people who were actually giving back to society for the common good, instead of just selfish reasons that the country would Uh likely maybe be a little bit more reminiscent of itself a number of years ago, instead of just trying to get me, me, me and get stuff for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's a very good point. It's a, yeah, it's, I don't know if we'll ever see that day, but hey, we got to make do with what we got and uh, keep on trucking and you know, hope. keep talking, keep talking the words and, and just hope and pray. That's all we can do. Yeah, that's right. You know, uh, the ones that are trying to make a difference is, you know, definitely are noticed. So, yeah. But yeah, we're at 45 <clears throat> minutes. Uh, this is a pretty good talk. I wish we can go a longer, but. People got other things to do with their lives. <laughs> what a Monday. <laughs> yeah, Monday night during a, yeah. a, a quarantine or whatever yeah. we're calling it this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a great show. Do you want to close? Uh, any closing statements, comments? Yeah, um, mm. for for anybody who uh, who wants to check out Combat Flags a little bit more, of course, the website is combatflags.com. Mm-hmm. Um, if you hit a- Combat Flags, I have all the links in the description. Yeah. And if you, Jason and a few others have been dropping the links in the comments as well. Yep. And if you hit the, the website um, on the homepage, if you scroll down about halfway, you'll see there's two links, one to Fox Business and one to the Micro Returning the Favor Show, both of which um, I was on somewhat recently. You can go there and learn more about the company, but you can also just follow along on, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I'm still a one-man show. I'm doing as much as I possibly can mm-hmm. to help help others um, help my own predicament in life and just spread the word about stop soldier suicide. So if you, if you got a minute, um, check me out, give me a follow, give me a thumbs up or whatever on Facebook and Instagram and help spread the word. If you don't want to spread the word about combat flags, I don't care. Spread the word about stop soldier suicide because they're the ones who are doing the good work. Exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely going to be plugging their uh, website quite often now too. Um, Cool, man. It's it's a good cause. Yeah. All right, Dan, I, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I'm going to drop you down in the basement and I'll talk to you in a minute. All right. Thanks, Rob. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for coming on today. Hey, we had a consistent nine viewers. That's pretty darn good. I appreciate you guys for coming by. Uh, next week, we have Veterans Referring Veterans, Justin uh, with VRV. He is a veteran with a cause and he's helping out veterans uh by it's pretty much the angie's list of veteran businesses and if you're a veteran business i think you should be involved with it um yeah next week's talk with justin should be pretty fun he's a great guy he's a comedian um can't wait till then so i appreciate you guys for coming by and we'll see you next time